Welcome, everybody, back to the Stabcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Mindy. And we're here. We're, uh, we're here virtually this time, Min, but uh, it's, still, it's still a pleasure to talk to you on a, a nice, crisp Monday today. And uh, yeah. we're here to talk some horror. So how are you doing? I know you've been going through it. Uh, I mean, same shit, different day, so... Oh yeah, I love that attitude. But uh I and if if you're listening to this, I hope you're in the mood for love. Because Yeah, and we, maybe some torture. And some torture. I hope you you better be in the mood for love and pain if you listen to this podcast. Because tonight we have the good, the oh bad. Oh my god, and we should have opened up with that song Joy and Pain. We should have. We fucked From up. the seventies. That hip hop yeah. song. Yeah. Damn it, we missed an opportunity. It's okay. Next time. Uh, but we're talking the good, the bad, and the ugly of uh, horror today. And uh, we're doing our top ten relationships, but we're also coupling that with our top ten most toxic relationships in horror movies. So this can be – and anything's on limits. I told you earlier in the week, but just for our listeners too. Anything is off – pretty much any type of relationship's on limits. If they were just like homies once in the beginning of the movie – Best friends, you know, couples, obviously, one night stands, parents, like anything. Not one night stands, but uh, and it's weird. But fucking any any type of relationship is is on limits. And uh, yeah, there's some there's some toxic. I found the toxic one way easier just because it's horror movies. I. I did and I didn't. That's the thing. Really? I did and I didn't. Because there's, in horror, because I've seen so much and I've seen so many indie horror films and whatnot, there's so many good relationships in horror movies, whether it be siblings or people that fight together. Like For me, there's nothing like a family that fights. Yeah. I mean, a family that fights fights together stays together. Absolutely. So, we know that. I found that list a little bit easier, but I I can understand why you would find the toxic one a little bit easier because <laughs> you are more so into slashers and more, more toxic relationships. Uh, and the cool thing about this list is because we forget about because when you think of horror, sometimes you think of the gore, or you think of the sometimes you'll go to the plot, but you also think of the kills, and you think of whatever. And when it comes to relationships, you think of kids getting drunk or something, just from a casual perspective, right? Uh, but we kind of forget what makes these movies is like the core relationships between characters sometimes, even if it's not always good, mm-hmm. if it's like a an old like you know slasher that's not trying to be that. 
But a lot of these movies, to me, this was a, a fun list to come up with because, and going through some of my favorites, it, it was kind of cool going back and like, like, oh, like these two were actually really good together. Like, holy shit, this guy was such a fucking <laughs> Like, that was fun because uh, that's kind of the backbone of some of the movies is the relationships. And that makes so many final girls. And it was they also difficult trying to narrow it down to 10 as well, yeah. as what I've I, noticed. I agree. Because once you start going through all of the movies that we've seen, it's just like, oh, wow, there's a lot more. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But uh, let's get right into it. So we're going to do this. We're going to start... We're going to start with our number 10 uh, favorite horror movie couples, and then we're going to go directly into our number 10 toxic relationships uh, after okay. talking about our favorites, obviously. And uh, we'll, so we'll do, we'll do 10, 10, 9, 9, you know, so on, so on for both lists, just so we can kind of keep the variety going with, we'll keep the toxic with the good stuff. Uh, you want to go first or you want me to go first? Why don't you go first? All right, my number ten favorite relationship in horror movies just so happens to be the two people that remind me of us and uh, you know this this podcast, but also like if you just put me and Mindy in a horror movie and like a couple different scenarios, obviously, you know uh, we're not exactly you know similar, but uh. Chad and Mindy. The Meeks. Where did you, where you are, I knew you were going Mindy, with the Meeks. Uh, just because that kind of reminds me of us, and we're like like the horror. It really kind is. Of the, the sports guy and the the horror movie like junkie like like sister. Just when and, he starts taking notes and shit. Yeah, and they get really sweet together, and, and like their banter's funny, and fucking like beheadings, and and like them paying that off later it's in the like movie. It's like you and, can't make a fucking nickname, dude. Oh, yeah, the core four. Yes, they can. And then I got to know where she's like, we are the core fucking four. And he's like, seriously, thank you. Yeah, he was so happy on that stretcher. But uh, I just, one of the reasons, and I picked this, and I had another family relationship that I found out recently was on yours, so I'm changing it. But to me, one of the big deals of, if you're going to do family in horror, is do you believe it? Do you really think this, like, are they brother and sister? Are they two brothers? Is that this dude's dad? Like, like, do you believe that this is actually family? And when it comes to Chad and Mindy, oh, yeah. you believe it totally. You feel they, they have a vibe. They have a chemistry, those two characters. Even though they're not on screen together all that much sometimes in some of the movies, they'll be like, he'll be with Jen Ortega or she'll be over here with uh, Evan on the train. Or, but when they're together, it's just instant. Like you, that's a brother and sister that love and care and uh, do anything for each other. And so, and even the way that they tease each other and, and shit and make fun of one another and whatnot, like yeah. it's so natural. Yes. It does not feel forced. It feels like a very believable brother sister relationship. And, uh, you know, I, I just, it's one of my favorites. I like both characters a lot, too, so that helps. Yeah, I also, I mean, I do love both characters as well, too. I mean, Mason Gooding, he's making a really big impression on me. He's the guy that plays Chad. He's been making yeah. a very, very good impression on me. He's, he's a good actor. I mean, he, is a good he really actor. is. I like that guy. I think that guy's got big shit in store for him. And, and you know, Mindy's a fucking, her... 
because it was her not putting Mindy and Annika on this list. You know, that was a relationship that even though it was short lived in the movie, I believed in it, you know, and it made me sad when, when her boo died right in front of her and they're like fucking calling like, baby, no. And like, it's just, it's very sad. So like there's multiple. It was ways. sad. Uh, and like Dewey and Gail, like, well, we'll get into there that. You go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll get, okay. That, that, right. that so what am I doing here? Later. We're talking iconic status okay. at that point. But uh Okay, what am I doing here? Your number ten. What's your number ten favorite relationship in horror? My number ten favorite relationship. Well, I put it as greatest relationships, honestly. Um, my number ten was Julie fun. and Ray from I know slash I still know what you did last summer. And Daniel's oh, really oh. mad at me right now. You got Fr- Freddie Prince Jr. and Jennifer Love Hewitt. Yep. I I really I really loved this series. I was very upset that when they did come out with the T V series that there were no more effort put yeah. into it. Honestly, I feel like they made the wrong call when they decided to do it uh, about the book in the 70s and not about the movie. I think they should have done it about the movie, yeah, but well, that's my own personal even, opinion. I agree. And, and Jennifer Love Hewitt. Book. And Jennifer Love Hewitt was like my second, well, not like, I want to say like my third introduction to a screen queen. Yeah. Like, it, like I know what you did last summer was like maybe like the fourth horror movie Daddy had me watch. So like before her, I had had like Nev Campbell, of course, and also the woman that plays Helen in uh, Candyman, Virginia Madison. And I didn't realize that a screen could be so so thrilling until this movie came out because this girl has the lungs of power. It is, I'm pretty sure if she screamed loud enough, you would hear her in different cities. She does. And that, well, this couple's funny. And and I like their relationship. Yeah. I do. I like their relationship. I think it's funny and I think it's cute. And I also like how it went from being cute and you think they're going to be together forever to a total disaster and them not even talking to each other back to being protective and being together forever. And so it's very up and down, but it's not so up and down that I would call it toxic. Yeah, no, it's not toxic. It's not. It's just they did something that she wasn't okay with how they dealt with it, and he was. I mean, I guess that is what it came it was down a, to. It was a bit toxic him letting Ryan Phillippe fucking choke, <laughs> choke the shit out. Exactly, that, that shit had never happened. That shit was that nuts. Never <laughs> like, horror movies of the 90s were not bad. Like, guys be choking women and shit. Like, women be choking guys. Like, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Like, uh, if you look yeah. back on it now. This one escaped my list. Uh, a bit too cheesy for me. I love the movie. You know I love the movie. A bit too... I'm surprised it wasn't on your list. It's not on my list. Well, because I enjoy, like, I enjoy the other parts of that movie. I enjoy fucking Barry being a dickhead 
and I enjoy Sarah Michelle Gellar like kind of being a mini scream queen. And uh, like I, I just there's there's other things about that movie that I like. And Freddie Prince Jr. and Jennifer Love Hewitt were very like that's as handsome and attractive as you can get in the '90s, you know. He's like a fucking, you know. And it was just very weird, too, seeing them in a horror movie to begin with. Yeah. Yeah, When you see them in the beginning, you're like, oh, well, this is going to be stupid. Yeah. But in the end, it really wasn't. Because in the end, I mean, in the end, she fucking thought he was the killer. Yeah. That's how shady he was. And shit. I mean, I liked I liked their dynamic, and I liked the way that she stayed on her toes, and she was she was smart. She was a smart girl. I mean, was she smart throughout the whole movie? Absolutely fucking not. But she was a smart girl when it came to her relationship. She was, and the only kind of blight on that movie, and I think it's because it's the same writer too, is that anyone will look at her in that role. Especially because they came off the same sitcom and go, she's no Sydney Prescott. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's the only thing you can say about her. It, just because it was so close to that movie, too. To where it's like, eh, she was good, but Sydney's badass. She ain't no Sydney. She ain't no Sydney. Uh, but I still, it, it was, he ain't it's a no good Billy. I mean, Ski Elrich wasn't really that good looking, but I mean, I was looking through a bunch of YouTube comments today about Sydney and Billy, and everyone was talking about how they're still in love with him from when he was was in Scream, and it's like, he was so grease monkey looking. He was. It's like, I understand that I had my first crush on him, but I was sick. Like, what is wrong with you guys? Well, and we are adults. He needs to go take a shower. That's a great lead-in, too, Mindy, because that's my number 10 for toxic relationships, is Billy and Sydney. All right, I got you. Because, I mean, it was a great whodunit for the time, and on my first watch, I genuinely didn't know. But having seen the movie, if you go back and just look at Skeet Ulrich and that performance, that dude's a fucking dirtbag. Like, there's nothing, like, redeemable about... Like, how is he not the killer? Like, it's just, like, how did I not fucking know... Like, you feel like an idiot afterwards. You're like, that's an easy guess. <laughs> like, he just seems right. like the fucking killer. So bad. And he's, like, just the way he is with her, and he's like, you know, I know your mom fucking, like, like died and shit, but we need to fuck. <laughs> we need to fuck now. Yeah, like, we were on our way to a heavy X-rated relationship, and then your mom died, and you won't let me touch you. She's like, yeah, are you serious? I, I got, I almost got gutted last night. Like, hey, that's what this is about. <laughs> yeah, it was, it's just very toxic. It's like, he, yeah, he. And I'm sorry, wasn't... but it's weird, because didn't he rape her mother? I think he did, yeah. Yeah, that's disgusting. He at least that killed means her. that he fucked the mom and then wanted to fuck the daughter, though. That's gross. Did did they really? I don't remember a line. They said she was raped. Like a... They said she was raped. Gail said she was raped. Oh yeah, yeah, raped. She said murder. brutally raped and butchered in the town in the uh, Times Square. Yeah. He fucking. So... He's a fucked up dude, and that's what I'm saying, toxic. So that's my number 10, because he's toxic as fuck. Billy Loomis is the most, I mean, when you talk about fucking weirdo, fucking toxic dude. I mean, if he, was, if he wasn't handsome, he'd be in a fucking loony bag. But he was fucking, 
He was handsome, so he was rugged, and Sydney's like, oh my god, he's a bad boy, even though he's just fucking nuts. And, yeah. What came of it came of He needed to take a shower and talk to his mom. It's kind of like Sydney, you know what you signed up for, you know? <laughs> yeah, it was like, what do you expect? Like, he, like Randy even said, he had dirtbag written all over his face. So, yeah, all right. He, he really... That's to me now, my top 10 toxic relationship is the entire whole fucking family in Hereditary. Oh, yeah. That whole family is on this list because I could not pick one relationship that was more fucked up out of the other. Oh, my goodness. This movie has to be probably one of the most fucked up psychological movies I've ever seen. I don't particularly like this kind of movie, but I will try and sit through it. Unfortunately, the other movie the director came out with, Midsummer, I can't do it. I try. There's way too much suicide in that movie. Yeah, no, I but agree. These, this family is just so fucked up. I mean, well, I mean, the grandma dies, and then you find out that the grandma freaking put a demon in the little girl. And, like, then, like, the demon possesses the mom, and then, like, the demon possesses the kid in school and makes him break his nose and shit. It's just crazy. Yeah. Like, the only person I feel bad for in that entire movie is the dad. Because he was the only one that was not nuts. Everybody else is fucking crazy. She cut off her own head. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh... All right. Number nine. All right, Daniel. Let's get to your number nine greatest. Number nine uh, greatest relationship in horror. I have uh, Ginny and Paul from Friday the 13th Part 2. This is is one of my favorites. Uh, I, I love these two. To me, this is one of the best ones because... The guy's not doing all the fucking work, you know. She she is the like like heavy hitter, but he isn't like a pussy either. He's still like a like a muscular dude that can fucking get shit done. Yeah, he ends up dying, but he's still like he he kind of holds his weight. And like it's a relationship with two people. Like even though they're supposed to be teenagers, I guess for the movie, they feel like two adults that like care about each other, and it feels real. Everybody else is just fucking smoking and drinking, and they like actually care about each other. And there's just something sweet yeah. about him. And like even when they were talking at the bar about Jason and she's getting all like curious, so he's like, All right, let's fucking go and like it's just I don't know, they have a it's a adorable relationship, but it's also like it's kind of a badass one to where Jenny's gonna fucking stick up for her shit and he's gonna be right next to her. Okay. Yeah. All right, so my number nine is uh, Tommy Jarvis and Tristar. <laughs> right at the 13th part four. Yeah, that one's... Yeah. I, think, I, I don't know what the, uh, that movie's actually called. I just know that it's the fourth one, so... Final Go chapter. on the eyes. We all know. Final chapter, okay. I, I knew it was four. something like that. 
There's twelve in the in the series, and the the fourth one was called the final chapter. Okay. Well, I know it was the fourth one, and I gotta say, a little boy that's willing to shave his head and yeah. fucking like that, like go ahead and start wielding a machete and shit. Like that's a brother that loves you. Yeah. <laughs> like right there, that's a good brother sister relationship. Absolutely. Uh, I would even throw Mama Jarvis in there, too. I, li- I like, because th- to me, it's the same thing as Chad and Mindy, to where this feels like an actual family that are just hanging out at Camp Crystal Lake enjoying the scenery. It doesn't feel like a forced together group, to where every other Friday the 13th character feels forced and feels like a fucking cliche at the time, or if it, like it's not a real character, but this feels like a real family just hanging out. And that's what I appreciate about it, because I, I completely agree. I I think it deserves a spot because, and especially him and Trish, because I think they're very caring for each other, but she also like wants to go party with the kids and like be a teenager and like hang out with people her age. But she'll also like, when she thinks something's happening to Tommy, she's fucking dashing home and making sure Tommy's okay. So I, I think they have a sweet relationship. Yeah. Too, and as much as it's going to pain me to say this, it's starting to become one of my favorite movies in that franchise. Fuck yeah. Hey, that one's got Crispin Glover back of the future, baby. That That's a good fucking movie. <laughs> and his friend calling him a dead fuck the whole time. And then he finally claps and then he gets a corkscrew through the forehead. <laughs> that poor guy. That's a good one. But, uh, I forgot he was in Back to the Future. Yep, that's the dad in Back to the Future. Crispin Glover. I forgot the one. <laughs> he was so corny with his little fucking blonde hair and his yeah. little corny as dance moves. Oh yeah, he's very. That's the thing is like, he's an animated actor and that's like him like doing his shit like that, especially in that dance scene with the one twin when he's fucking like, like borderline having a seizure. That shit was crazy. He kicked her in the head. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, like I well, like, legit thought someone was gonna get hurt. So, all right, Daniel, let's get back on track here. Let's get back on track. My number nine, I'm going to a classic. And I'm going, my number nine, Toxic, by the way. I'm going to a classic, and I'm going to go over to the Torrances with Jack and Wendy in The Shining. Because one of the earliest movies I've ever seen, and I know, same for you. And uh, this, it's always stuck with me. But Jack Nicholson plays such a cold-hearted, especially because they're going on this, like, little vacation because he's already being a piece of shit. Like, he beat the sun and stuff, and he's, like, kind of, he's getting in the booze again and stuff. And they go on this trip, and then he just fully melts down, and fucking the the shit takes over, and he just becomes, like, just this, like, otherworldly, like, killer. And he's fucking breaking down the door in the famous moment. No one's seen the movie, but everyone knows that one fucking scene. Fucking here's Johnny, and like it's just it's a great class. It says my favorite has to be my favorite has to be when she's swinging the baseball bat at him at the stairs, and he's like, "Come on, sweetheart, I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm just trying to see what your fucking insides look like." Yeah, that was a good one. That's a good line. But it's just that's the perfect like toxic relationship because that was toxic to the end. Like he was just fucking. 
like as toxic as can be. Like that whole movie. It's not like you can't even point to one thing. That whole movie is just fucking Jack Nicholson being a toxic guy to her, to poor Wendy and and their kid. And uh, mm-hmm, those poor teeth. So I thought it had to be involved because I think the whole thing is toxic. Yeah. Absolutely, I would definitely agree. Um, my number, number nine, nine for toxic is uh, needy and Jennifer and Jennifer's body. That's a good one. Yeah, That's a I good consider one. this very toxic because, I mean, people could say that it's a good relationship all they want and whatnot, but if you get to the nitty-gritty of it, it really isn't. Like, Jennifer kind of uses Needy as, like, her designated ugly fat friend, basically. Yeah, she does. And but uh, Megan Fox fucking kills it, though, so <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah, she slaps in that movie. But still, I mean, the relationship between the two girls is what makes that movie. That movie would not have been that good had they not had that relationship with those two young ladies. Oh, I agree. Like even when Needy's getting ready at the for their for the bar or whatever, she was, um, and Jennifer tells her, "Make sure you look cute." She's like, "Look cute is very different." And Jennifer speaks. She's like, "That means that I cannot show my boobs because she's like, tits are her trademark." She's like, "I can only show the crack on my butt and a little bit of my midriff." She's like, "So I look presentable, but not hotter than she, not hotter than her." And it's like, "Oh my god, that is so relatable." Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of chicks like that with the one friend, you know. <laughs> And, uh, With that one, like, hoe of friend that's just like, okay, well, my titties are the best, so you can't wear a low-cut shirt. Yeah. And I just, I really thought that that was very toxic. I mean, because even when she did turn into the demon that she turned into, in the end, who did she want to kill? Her fucking needy fucking boyfriend. Why? So she can have him. Yeah. yeah, she was a she was a piece. It, it's a it's a very toxic friendship. It's a good friendship to put on this list because she does she does not treat her with respect or love whatsoever, and she's a bad like. And it's a relatable like high school mean girl friendship type deal. So, I mean, and their nicknames for each other are Vasco and Monastar. Yeah, like those. I mean, if your best friend comes up to you and is like, what, what, where's that monastat? Like, what the hell? No. That's not no, okay. That's not all right. It's just not right. I so, agree. All right, Danny, what do you got for your number uh, eight in greatest relationship? My number eight for greatest, I have Eric and Andrew from Knock at the Cabin. I have two fellas that love each other very much. Yep, I got the I got the first pride relationship on the list. And uh the these two it's just oil and water how they work and like one's the like really aggressive. I forgot was Andrew the dickhead? I don't know. But uh Andrew might have been the good guy. I get I haven't seen that. I movie. can't remember who was more aggressive. 
But it was fucking one awesome. One of them that, was like, more aggressive. One of them was the, like, jerky one. But also, like, not really a jerk, just he stood up for the fan. Like, he was the fucking, he's the man of the kind of. And then the other one was, like, the more timid, submissive, like, but he was a sweet guy that cared about the daughter a lot. And that, with that cute little Asian baby, uh, that, that that little girl, she was so fucking adorable. And she needs they to were, get some fucking type of reward. She award. She did such a good you job. You can see her popping up and everything. She fucking killed it in that. And uh, those two were good loving parents to her. And even at the end, like, he, like, even though my only gripe with that movie is they, like, left the shitty one to be the parent, and it's like, why not take the shitty one? But fucking they knew what they had to do and they did it for her to kind of, and the whole time they were fighting for her. So like my, my relationship is kind of the whole family, not just the the couple, just because like this whole, like everything and them watching these people die in front of them is so they can keep this family together. So they don't have to sacrifice one of them. That's the whole plot of the movie. So it's just, it really makes the emotional weight of it. Like just ramp up the whole fucking time. And by the end of it, when they're looking at each other's eyes, tearing up, knowing that one of them has to go, it's just very, it's very sad. Yeah. You feel bad. They care about each other, you know? And it's nice yeah, to get the same very... daughter at the end, but still, it's sad. Yeah, and, like, when they go through the fact that, like, Redman, one of the guys that are in the cabin, actually had assaulted one of the guy, one of the men in a different state, like, they completely changed their minds about it for a second because they're like wait a minute like how can this be true when this guy was actually responsible for beating the shit out of him yeah so I thought that was kind of cool very cool but uh alright what's your number 8 my number 8 greatest is Nancy and Glenn from Nightmare on Elm Street Johnny Depp. Um, I didn't want to put them on here. I really didn't. I because it's so fuck. It, it's just so fucking gauche. It's so fucking like you know that they're gonna be on a top ten as a good relationship list. But I mean, he's a boy. He's a boy in the eighties, and he don't try to get no giggities from her. None. None. And that's, like, one of the number one reasons why they're on this list. They are the least horniest final couple I've ever seen. Yeah, they never try to fuck. In an 80s movie. I agree. Like, even on the first night when they were all at Tita's and they were supposed to have sex, she, he starts making out with her and she's like, I don't feel right. And he gets off of her. Like, that's a nice guy. Yeah. That's a guy that respects you, respects your feelings and shit. That's that's marriage material. Yeah, you don't get that a lot nowadays. No, I mean, and she was very, very modest, a very modest young lady. And I thought that the two of them worked very well together. Oh, yeah, they, they definitely They didn't like the were. remake, though. Oh, no. They didn't really like the remake, though. The, the two girls... The two other, the two other kids that they played to play them in the remake were not as good. Yeah, because that kid wasn't even named Glenn. I don't think it was something else. But uh, I don't know. I know she was Nancy. Yeah, she but was I can't Nancy. remember his name. Not me either. But uh, 
Yeah, no, I think it, they're a good relationship. Johnny Depp gets fucked up in that movie, but they are a good relationship. Honestly, they're just, like I said in the first place, like they were honestly just on here just because I've never seen an 80s movie where the kids don't try to flock. Yeah. And it doesn't come up once. So I find that impressive. Yeah, it is. All right. My number eight, Toxic. I got the OG dolls, uh, Chucky and Tiffany. Damn it, why are we so much alike? Uh, Not as we've kind of chronicled on the show, not a huge Chucky guy. (laughs) Definitely wasn't a huge Chucky guy as a kid. Unfortunately, guys, Mindy scarred Daniel. But I respect Chucky and the Bride of Chucky as like a crazy talk. That movie is funny, and it's a funny romp, and it's fun them fucking shit up and her being right there. And like they're both fucking nuts. I guess she's a little more sane, but not really. And it just, it works. There's not much to say about it, but it works. I mean, you're right. They do. They're very, very toxic, and they're funny, though, to watch. They are. What's your number eight? Because you don't know what's going to come out of there. Now, my number eight toxic relationship is... Sorry, guys. Put my binder down here. Okay. Barry and Helen, and I know what you did last summer. Fuck yeah. That's a toxic relationship. You got a lot of love for I know what right you did there. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he cared about her a little bit. He was an abusive drunk, and she knew it. Like, they, she planned, when they sat there and planned their futures with each other, she says, and I quote, while you're in rehab, I'll have our third kid. What the fuck? <laughs> like, you guys are planning a family and whatnot, and, like, you're separating time for him to go to rehab because you know he has a drinking problem? What the fuck? No. That's not true. That's not a good relationship. Bad. I mean, does he end up caring about her in the end? Yeah. But, I mean, he was a bad guy. He was. He was in... I mean, at least he only physically abused Freddie Prince Jr.'s girlfriend and not Sarah Michelle Gay. So it was probably in her contract. Like, that motherfucker ain't touching me. But uh, I, don't, I, I don't know why I gave her that accent. But, <laughs> but she, she just probably – she she probably added her contract. Nobody's fucking choking me. I'm Sarah Michelle fucking Geller. But uh, I'm Buffy, damn it. But uh, he – he, Ryan Phil, I love it. I love Barry and I love Helen in that movie. And yes, they are very toxic. And yes, he is probably not the greatest boyfriend on planet Earth. And she's really just a vain bitch that just cares about fucking, you know, people looking at her and thinking her, thinking she's cute and shit. So it, it's a perfect 90s movie because it kind of, it captures that time. And also a little bit of my generation of these two people are just together because they're hot and don't care about each other whatsoever, really. And, uh, that's what that relationship is, so I agree. Yeah. Until she loses her hair. Then he's like, All right, let's 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 fight. 
<laughs> and I always found that really funny. It's like, wait, what? Now you care? Yeah. Like you got hit by a car and threatened, but you mm-hmm. cared now that she got her hair chopped out. All right, you ready for my number seven greatest? I'm ready for your number seven greatest. Yep. I'm going back to Scream 2, and I'm going when Sydney got a good fucking caring boyfriend that loved her that she should have fucking not listened to Mickey on. And I'm going Derek and Sydney. Because I think what makes the sequel so great and what makes that hold up so good is that she had a loving, good boyfriend this time, and he wasn't the killer. Because you can't do that again. And you weren't sure. It would have never gone down, and it wouldn't have been a good sequel. It would have been like, oh, they're doing it again. So it's... The fact that they played that up and made him a red herring a little bit, but also Jerry O'Connell is just very fucking likable at anything. It's hard to look at him unless he's playing like a douche and you like get him in the sweater vest or something. But uh, I like Jerry O'Connell. Even when he was a dickhead in that Piranha movie, I liked him. So he, I, I enjoyed him fucking being a good boyfriend and fucking dancing and singing for her in the library like a fucking idiot and fucking giving her his letters and shit and being cheesy. And he was just, he was a good boyfriend for her in, in that movie. And the fact that the final, his final breath, it's like, she's got to like, kind of try to make, she's doubting if he is genuine or not. And that's kind of what gets him killed. That kind of means a lot. And that's makes it one of the more impactful. Like boyfriend killer, boyfriend killer. Yeah. And it was entertaining, but it's also like, it, it made some, it, it kind of raised the stakes in the movie a little bit. Cause it's like, now Sydney's like, oh my god, I don't know, and then oh, oh shit, he's shot, he's dead. I don't get time to make a decision. So it's just to me that's one of the more impactful ones, and I just really like the relationship. I thought they had good chemistry together. They did, and I love the way that he went out to Mickey was quite hilarious taking him out because when he did it, he was like, oh come on, Sydney. He's like, this is a real good one. He's like smart, <laughs> handsome, and he was gonna be a doctor. He would be the greatest guy to bring home to your mom if you had a mom. Yeah, that's <laughs> Timothy Allison so was killing it. He was firing all in all fucking cylinders. He killed it as Mickey. But uh he fucking Derek Derek was just a good boyfriend and like if you watch her if you and me are like or we have an audience and we're all watching this young woman go on a date and we watch her go on a date with a young Billy Loomis and then watch her go with Derek be like, what the fuck are you doing afterwards, you know? We'd be like, go with Derek right now. Don't even fucking take Billy's number, you know? Like, this guy is clearly a psycho, and this guy's clearly a good guy. <laughs> At least in my eyes. Any frat guy that's willing to serenade you in the middle of a mess hall, I mean, bag that up. You gotta bag that up, girl. Because guys right. don't do that. What's your number seven, Mindy? My number seven is uh, Billy and Chris from Carrie. Okay. Um, I would say they were more toxic in the remakes than they were in the main movie, because in the main movie it didn't, like, really focus on them too, too much. This is still but, top 10 greatest, I mean, though, right? Hmm? You're you're doing top ten greatest though, right? No, I went to toxic. I'll go back. To, all right, so my 
My number seven and greatest is actually Andy and Kyle in the entire Child's Play franchise. Yeah. And that's including the series because they do come back for the series. I agree with both of those picks. <laughs> for your toxic and your regular. Yeah, I I really I I love Andy and Kyle. I think honestly that they've got to be one of my favorite like brother sister like combos because yeah. they weren't really related, but they they basically were yeah. acted like they were related, and I really really liked that about them. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, and it's, like, seen more in the show, which that's why I'm not really, like, getting into it that much because we haven't covered the show on here yet. But, like, in the show, their relationship is a lot more fleshed out. And you get to see, like, what they went through. Yeah. But, I mean, it's very, it's very touching. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, if it wasn't for the series, they would not be on my list. No, I guess just, just just because they're uh, just because other than the series, there's only Chucky, Child's Play too. You know, I mean, and mm-hmm. not that. So, I mean, when push comes to shove here, if there was no series, they wouldn't be on my list. Yeah. Because the series is what makes them, to me, more of a couple. Yeah. I'm with you. Like, right. I know you haven't seen it yet, but, like, he gets into the front seat of the car to drive there at a gas station. And he finds out that she has a picture of them in the front seat that she has. And he sees it. And he gets really emotional, and he actually leaves her at the gas station. He doesn't want her to get hurt. I mean, she comes and finds him anyway, but right, he still leaves her. I got and to me, that was always a little fucked up because it's like, why is it going to leave her at a gas station at midnight thinking she'd be more safe? But okay. <laughs> like, I would think that would be a little less dangerous, but all right. right. All right. So we already know what my number seven top well, toxic funny because, relationship is. It's funny because my number seven is actually from the same movie because I want Carrie and her mother. Oh, wow. That's my number three. Uh, I thought it was pretty fucking toxic. <laughs> yes, me. Uh, I'll let you get into it more when it's your turn. But yeah, it was a pretty toxic relationship. Uh, her mother, you know, fucking you kept her in a closet. <laughs> she had telekinetic power. You're praying a closet. Fuck that bitch up. So yeah, I didn't in the remake or the original. That one holds up in both. They hate each other in both. So pretty good. All right, so what am I on now? Toxic or great? Uh, well, if we're going back in order, I'll do my number six favorite, and then you'll okay. Go. Okay, go. All right, I have Ed and Lorraine Warren from The Conjuring. 
based on a, a true story. I like Patrick Wilson a lot, and uh, she's awesome. She's been in so many things, and uh, they just they work so well together. They're the perfect husband and wife, you know, fucking paranormal investigation couple. Uh, they got a whole franchise. That's like a, that whole cinematic universe. They're the couple. They're the king and queen of it. So I just think, uh, especially that first one, but what they've been, and they've delved in the backstory. They've done so many spinoffs and like, you've really got to dig deep into these two characters as they've gone on all these journeys. So I thought this was an important one. Mm-hmm. I like them. They're believable. This isn't like, a lot of what you'll see on our stuff has like been teenagers so far. Or, I, it, there's been other stuff too, but a lot of my shit at least has been like teenage couples and stuff. This is a real like 40 year old man and a 40 year old woman. And it's a real life couple. And it's a real life couple, you know, and they really love each other. And you know, the two actors have. And they really did them. study demons too. Yeah. It's all. Yeah. So I think it's a good one. It is. All right, what's your number six favorite, your best? Um, so we're going to go to Final Destination 3 here, and we're going to go with Ian McKinley, a.k.a. I like to call him MCR, which is my chemical romance, and Erin Ulmer, a.k.a. Misery Business, because I think she looks like the girl from Paramore. She definitely fucking does. <laughs> this is not your fucking I mean, I know she's not. This made the top ten? It did, because for me, the two of them and that movie, it just stood out for me. Yeah, I, 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 I love the movie. You know see, I love this movie. Well, I know you do, and I wanted to see what Final Destination, because I, I knew I wanted to pick one of the movies, and I actually almost went with the couple in the fifth one. But, yeah. I mean, Ian and Aaron were just... They were in the right time. They were in the right movie. Yeah, and like the other ones, like what you're saying, this one feels like a couple, too. Like, they feel like – and it's not yeah. just because it's like the all-day outcast guy with the goth chick. No, they just feel – they have this certain chemistry that it's like, oh, these two people would hang out with each other in school. Yeah, they're emo kids. Yeah, it, it definitely worked. And I, I'm with you because I was looking at Final Destination movies, and – I was having a tough time with the couples because to me it's always been like two people in a situation, you know? Like even like the main couple with my boy Ryan Merriman in that one. That girl kind of fucking does not like him really. <laughs> it's, like, it's like she's just – her boyfriend's dead and he was his best friend. So she's like, all right, I guess I'll fucking chill with you. But she does not like him. So like that's not really a great couple. She's made it clear that she didn't like him. Her best friend yeah. was going to dump his ass after graduation. She was like, I don't even know your name. Ryan who? And just and then in the first one it was with the the my boy and, and the, Claire. the blonde girl Claire and Alex it was kind of the same thing it wasn't like it's not that they didn't like each other they were friends but I don't think they were dating were they um no and they weren't friends the way that she put it is that when he got off the plane she felt something tell her that she needed to listen to him. But she didn't know what. And then when she was at the police station with all of them, her parents were the only parents that didn't show up. Yeah. And that's when we find out that her mom and her have a really strange relationship. You don't even fucking see her mom. 
and that her dad's actually dead. So, like, and then from there, like, she starts caring about Alex and whatnot. So, like, I think they become a couple. Yeah. At the end, but they, they weren't even on each other's radar when they were going to France. Yeah, so they... But she even had, like, un... Sorry. But I was just, uh, to kind of add to that, but yeah, like, to the original point, it was, like, a lot of these relationships were kind of circumstance, or kind of like, all right, we were here because of this. But uh, the the one you picked out with McKinley, uh, that felt like a genuine, like, couple that, like, okay, they're actually And when she died and he went off the deep end... Like, that was really believable to me. It's like, when they tried that again in the fifth one, I didn't feel bad for Peter. No. But you felt Peter bad for McKinley. Her. You felt bad for but McKinley. But I felt really bad for McKinley. Yeah, and he went crazy, kind of. And he kind of became, like, another villain at the end of the movie. And that was kind of cool, because you never really had that. So then you, you have, like, exactly. this guy fucking shit up, and, like, death is coming at you. So, like, that, that just, that was a good movie and that was a good relationship and that's when they introduced another song there's that something uh loathing behind you yeah i think it's like a 40 song or something i don't know movies gotta stop doing that with me though i mean i am too big of a music person for you guys to be putting these fucking songs in these movies and shit because now i fucking want i listen to songs and i'm like oh fuck now i gotta watch the movie yeah So that's that's definitely one of my greatest relationships. And like I said, it's just honestly because they were together before. Like, they were already together. It was already established that they really liked each other. Yeah. All right, you want to do your, uh, or is it my number six, Toxic? Your number six, Toxic. Yeah. All right. I got Ready or Not, and I got Alex and Grace. Because oh, any man that's a that good one. Any man that doesn't tell you before you get married that you're gonna play a, a game of hide and seek and his whole family's gonna try to kill you, you need to drop him, sis. Mm-hmm. You know, you well, he didn't know. He no. didn't know she was gonna pick hide and seek. Yeah, but it doesn't fucking matter. You need to tell her. You need to tell her that that's on the table or something. Yeah, like, yeah, you're playing. You're like, playing for keeps. And he turned out to be such a pussy, too. The brother was kind of a better person than him. It's just like, he fucking was just an asshole. He was a little pussy fucking dipshit. And definitely toxic. Grace turned out to be an absolute badass. And Samara Weaving killed it in that fucking role. But I had to put that as a toxic couple because that's a great movie. And yeah, that's pretty toxic fucking not telling her that and like putting her through that and like... Yeah, sorry, you're done. <laughs> now, my toxic number six is actually a double-headed, well, triple-headed, because it's actually three people, but it's only two two different movies, because I couldn't figure out where to put this other character. But my first pick was Chucky and Tiffany. Yeah. And then I started thinking of the witch, so I had to throw Thomason and her family in there, too. Because I'm sorry, what kind of family exiles their child? <laughs> Wait, she wasn't a witch. She was playing peekaboo with the baby. Yeah, pretty shitty one. She didn't do nothing. 
And then it's like the baby's gone. It's her fault. Like, what? No. She didn't do nothing. Like, yeah, at the end, she ended up becoming a witch and pledging her life to Satan and everything, but she kind of had no choice. Yeah. Condition of toxic. Yeah, we I touched I mean, them. you got two serial killers. I mean, you already touched on it already, but, I mean, I'll say, as like I did with Andy and Kyle, the series devils more into their backstory. Yeah. And you really get to see how toxic they really are. But you can definitely get a good amount of it in Bride of Chucky. <laughs> There's a good amount of that. Well, and yeah, Seed. Bride of Chucky and Seed of Chucky, they, they have a good amount of it. But Don Mancini did a really good job with the series. Right. So, all right. All right. Number fives. Now, do you want to do our number fives and then cut it and do a part two next week because we're hitting an hour, or do you want to keep going here? Yeah, let's do a part two next week because we are going pretty long. Okay. So we'll do our number five greatest and toxic right now, and then we'll call it. My uh, okay. My number five greatest relationship of all time happens to be Tucker and Dale. <laughs> the two homies. Oh, I didn't your, even think of That's for your boy, Sean. I had to throw – I guess because it's hard to really consider this horror because it's so fucking funny. But uh, Sean's not the worship and Dale. Like – they're dropping in the wood chippers. Like, just shit. Like, like they're just... The, that movie has so These many... These kids must lines. have a suicide pact. And those two are, like, really good friends throughout it. They actually care for each other. They don't want... And he doesn't want... You know, Tucker doesn't want Dale to get into trouble and shit. Like, it's just... It's a fun... It's a fun movie, and it's a fun bond that the two share. But what's your number And speaking five? of bonds, that's... What brings me to my top five greatest relationship? I don't even know if you're going to know who these two people are, but R and Julie from Warm Bodies. I just watched it the other now, day. Did you? Yeah, I did. And fuck it, because that's my boy from the, <laughs> the menu and shit and Reinfeld. And I, I wanted to see one of his earlier. And I, I now I truly believe that's the movie that like made him a star. But he's fucking, he's good. And that that is a fun relationship, but go ahead. It's a very cute relationship because he's a zombie and yeah. he eats her boyfriend. And since he eats her boyfriend's brains, she starts to feel things. And as they hang out more, he, she starts to make him human with her love. And it's just a really weird spooky, funny, kind of corny concept on zombies, but it's something that we've never seen before, and I thought it was really cute and sweet and genuine. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's something different, and it, it completely works, and it is sweet, and you truly believe by the end of it that this fucking chick cares for the zombie and vice versa. Yeah. And that's hard to do. Exactly. It's hard to make a couple like that believable in a movie like that. But they both did an amazing, amazing job. I agree. All right. My number five toxic. Cause, and it's not I like thought you were greatest. Time. 
No, we we just did greatest. She went second. I thought you were making this a part two then. It is, but so we're, we're doing toxic first. Five. We're gonna do toxic. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna do four through one next time. Gotcha. Uh, my number five toxic. Uh, and this guy, he never. Uh, it's not like he abused her. Or he was n- not like mentally abusive or anything, but. It's still pretty fucking toxic because he's such an idiot. I had to go Micah and Katie from Paranormal Activity because this bitch is trying to warn you the whole fucking time, you jackass. And all you care about is your stupid fucking camera and your home movies and your ghost hunt. And I got you both fucking killed. And I'm glad she snapped your neck, you stupid fucking idiot. Because you had it coming. It's like, but he was, he's one of the most annoying movie characters to this day. I think when we did like a list like that, I pat him up there because he is so annoying to me. And uh, he is such a dipshit. And the whole time she's like, something's not right, Michael. Something's not right. And he's like, no, 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 fuck it. And like, it, she gets fucking possessed. He gets his neck snapped. And that's the way it should go because he fucking deserved it. Fuck that guy. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I agree with you. I mean, that's what you get. You should you shouldn't po- you should not poke a rabid dog. Exactly, and it's like if it was two. And scenes that's what in the he movie, did. If it was like two scenes of the movie of her being like, "Dude, no," then I'd be then maybe I wouldn't be as passionate. But like the whole movie, she's like, "Bro, something's fucking going right. on. I don't feel right." And he's like, "Nah, <laughs> you gotta keep documenting." Well, she even gets like, bit at one point. Yeah. And he just doesn't. And he's just give standing a shit. there with the camera documenting it, and it's a call a priest. Yeah, he's getting multiple warnings and he's doing nothing about it. It's like, all right, well, fuck you, guy. But yeah, that's my yeah, number it's five. Yeah, like, I, I don't know how to feel bad for you. Exactly. All right, Mindy, close us out here. All right, so my number five toxic relationship is the newest ghost-based killers, Bailey and Family. Oh. In uh, Scream Sex. Okay. That's a good one. Because that's a very toxic relationship. There's very, there's a lot of toxicity, toxicity here because, I mean, there, there's it pans into the good old saying of there's two sides to every story. Yeah. And. Because there really is, because these people really did believe that Richie was innocent and that Samantha was a killer. Yeah. They thought that they were doing the right thing and that they were sticking up for their family. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, honestly, like I said, when I first saw it, it was very, unfortunately, it was very obvious, but it still doesn't take away from the premise for me. And honestly, if Mrs. Loomis and Mickey would have been closer, they would have gotten the spot. Yeah, but I think it's also not obvious because the son, maybe the son, absolutely, you can connect those dots. I still did it in the theater, but I, I can see how you could. No, you can't tell me anybody on planet Earth didn't think that Quinn was dead. Everybody that watched that movie thought that fucking chick was gone. So that's the one part yeah. of it that's not very predictable at all, because you think she's dead. You don't think she's a part of the family. But I agree with you. It's a very toxic family. We talked about a family that fights together earlier, but a family that fucking kills together. Jesus, you know, 
I mean, they stuck together, but it didn't end up going their way. The fucking kid died a virgin. She got shot in the fucking head, and Papa got burned. Yep. But, uh, yeah, that's a damn good pick. This was a fun time, Mindy. I'm excited to come back for part two next week. But uh, I, I thought we, yeah, we both had fun. an eclectic list. We both had very different we, – we had some similar picks, but we had very kind of different type of picks here, I think. We have different points of views. Yeah. And I thought both of our lists are, are pretty damn good so far. So. Yeah, I'm excited to hear the rest of yours. And uh, vice versa. So we'll see everybody next time. And why don't you give everybody a big old hootie hoo? All right, hootie hoo, guys. Make sure to check out the TikTok, Facebook. We'll, Mindy's back in commission. We'll be back. We'll do a live for our top. Uh, or not a, if not a live, some sort of TikTok video, we will be on there as well doing yeah, this type of Yeah, but if list, we so. do, if, uh, but I wanna I wanna get back to this real quick though, guys. When we do live live TikTok shows and whatnot, like that's for your guys' entertainment and whatnot. Don't ruin it for other people. Yeah, don't fucking just record. Just because you want to, <laughs> just because you don't want to, just because you want to join in and whatnot. Like it's great that you want to join in, but join in in the comments. Yeah. We don't have to see you. We'll yeah. talk to you in the comments. Okay. So I just want to put that out there because we tried to do a live the other day and people got butt hurt and reported us, and I'm not okay with that. No, it's fucking bullshit. So uh, don't do that. And, uh, yeah, we'll see everybody next time. Because that's just going to make us not do it anymore. So we'll yeah, see you all next time. Have everybody. a good week. Have a good week. Yeah. <laughs> all right, bye, Now that we've lectured you all, who do you? <laughs> All right. Good night, guys. Bye.